1: Make sure that you get your hands on Midwife Pip's Guide to a Positive Birth Book now and are empowered to have the birth experience that you deserve. Hello, I'm Midwife Pip and welcome to the Midwife Pip podcast, the home of honest, expert chat. My mission is to provide you with the very best support and information through pregnancy, birth and beyond with my online courses over at midwifepip.com. And as a podcast listener, I'm also offering you an exclusive 15% of all my online courses using code PODCAST15. With no further ado, let's get chatting. You survived the newborn period and before you know it, it's time to start weaning your little one. Weaning a baby is something that causes many parents some anxiety, and with so much conflicting information out there, it is no wonder. Now, we all want to do the very best for our babies and transition to weaning in as positive and smooth way as possible. So I'm very excited for this week's expert guest to join me and share what you need to know about weaning your baby. Charlotte Sterling-Reed is here to rescue us all from the confusion. Charlotte is the baby and child nutritionist and founder of SR Nutrition. Charlotte really is an expert in the area of baby weaning. As a registered nutritionist who has supported thousands of families with feeding their little ones. In fact, Charlotte is such a leading expert in this field that she has won many awards for her work. Most recently winning the best blog and best online resource for weaning week in 2020. And when not winning awards, Charlotte has also featured on many TV programs, such as Jamie and Jimmy's Friday Night Feast, and worked with celebrities, including collaborating with Jay Wicks for the publication of his book, Wean in 15. Charlotte's writing expertise are so that she is the author of her best-selling book, How to Wean Your Baby. This is an absolutely essential read for anyone on a weaning journey, and it is also linked in the episode description. Welcome, Charlotte, and thank you so much for navigating technological mayhem and joining <laughs> us on the podcast today.
0: Oh, thank you so much for having me. On. What an introduction! That was amazing. I was like, "Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, I remember that." <laughs> oh, you. Charlotte, I How had you to young? mention I had to mention your book because,
1: <clears throat> as we sort of mentioned before, I'm sort of just starting to prepare and navigate that weaning stage of Little Finley. And your book is just like a Bible. It's amazing. I'm like, oh, now I know what to do. This is great. I don't need to make it really complicated and confusing. I can just follow this and I'm sorted.
0: Oh, I love it. And that, do you know what, that honestly was my intention to create was literally a Bible, a step by step guide, a handheld document that would take parents through this journey. Because, you know, I've been working this field for so long and I know that parents come to me constantly saying, um, "I, you know, where do I even begin? Like, where where do I start? And there's so much information you can read out there. And yes, some of it's brilliant, but some of it's confusing, some of it's conflicting. So for me, I was like, I'm going to take all the evidence. I'm going to put it in this book. And I'm going to make it really digestible and like I said, that have that step-by-step element to it so that anyone who is unsure can kind of build their confidence up along with my book. So that was the the big aim, really.
1: You have nailed it. You've properly oh, nailed you. it. I'm a, I'm a big fan. So, so thank you for putting the work into that. Oh, now, thank you so much. I just wonder, Charlotte, if we kind of sort of scratch back a little bit. I know you started your career in the NHS. What then led you to kind of
0: specialise, I guess, in babies and children, as much as we're grateful that you did? Mm. (laughs) Well, um... When I started, I mean, I was so lucky really because I did an undergraduate and then a postgraduate degree in, in kind of slightly different aspects of nutrition. And I didn't really know what field I wanted to go into as a result. I absolutely loved human biology, but um, I really felt like nutrition was going to be like an up and coming part of it all. Um, and I was so lucky. I got a job in the NHS working alongside a nutrition and dietetics team, which was um, all about supporting mothers, babies, early years, and, and young children um and i worked alongside the most amazing team and i just learned so much and i also really developed this kind of it was i wouldn't use the word like passion because i know that's used so much but it was just i just felt there is so much work that needs to go on in this field to help parents to help um young babies to develop you know healthy relationships with food throughout their life and i just really felt felt like i wanted to stay in that field and i did dip into other fields so I worked with older adults so I worked at weight loss clinics um, but I always kind of had that element of child nutrition involved in all the work that I did and it just to me it is a really really important area so I stuck with it and I, I was trained in the NHS with such a great team and learned so much from them. Um, and yeah just kind of carried it on throughout the rest of my career really
1: amazing and I guess sort of from the outside in Child nutrition, especially like weaning with tiny, tiny new babies, is such a powerful kind of opportunity, I suppose, like a window of opportunity, because Mm. we can hopefully try and step in before we develop bad habits and help children have a healthy relationship with food, like you say. And I think in, in
0: today's world, that's kind of more important than ever uh completely and i think you know there's there's so much to it but you know we know that what children eat when they are really young will influence what they eat as they get older so um, their patterns of eating are developed when they're young but they also pick up you know um you know how to eat and and also feelings about food what they think about their food and their diet and you know it all comes from a really really early age and so for me i feel like it's it's an opportunity and it's not a negative thing you know some people think oh god lots of pressure but it's not the pressure it's just this is a really great opportunity to help your little one explore enjoy try lots of different things and um and you know like a a kind of bidirectional um experiment through the journey of food and that's what i like to try and encourage people to think about with when it comes to eating because you know the early years does have an impact and we know that from lots of research
1: Definitely. And one of the things that I've picked up on just from from your bookshop, I've been reading it over the weekend, actually. Oh. And it was it was the kind of way that you talk about having fun around the table and actually making, you know, dinner times with your baby really fun and exciting. And I think that's really important because. As, as a new parent, my biggest fear is how can I approach weaning in a way that's not going to mean that mealtimes are forever a battle. I don't mm. want a child that's only mm. ever going to eat fish fingers and chicken nuggets. And mm. um, how can I approach that? And I love that your ethos was like, let's just start by making it fun, like not stressing yeah. about the fact they haven't actually consumed any food, um, but yeah. but actually
0: just having fun with it. And I think that's that's really reassuring, I think, for parents mm. as well. It takes that pressure off a little bit. I think it's so key. And, you know, I think for for parents that it, it kind of doesn't make sense because we are innately wanting our children to eat. You know, we want them to eat food because we know that's how they're going to survive. And so sometimes that can come out as like, no, 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 you must eat this food. And, and you know, if they don't eat for a couple of meals, it's that kind of pure panic. And it's totally understandable. But actually, I try and encourage parents to take a step back and think like rather than getting them to eat we need to get them or help them to enjoy to be part of that meal and you know I use examples, things like if you went to a restaurant and you were sitting in a restaurant and it was maybe like noisy and lots going on and people around you were anxious and there was someone there saying come on please just try this please just eat this if you as you as an adult would go no not going back to that restaurant absolutely not it was hideous I didn't want to eat. I didn't enjoy it you know you would not want to go back there and so you have to try and look at it from the little one's perspective as well if that is happening if the mealtime is becoming really tense or a bit of a battleground and you know they're being pressured and kind of forced to eat something that is going to have a knock-on effect to them wanting to go back into that high chair and be back a part of that mealtime so I always say take a step back look at that environment how Mm. can we make this pleasant and enjoyable and fun for my little one because as soon as you make them want to be in that high chair and part of that meal you're getting one big step towards them actually Wanting to try and eat that food, and it might not come straight away, but that's where we're heading. If you see what I mean, <laughs> I love that, and I think as a
1: byproduct, it's just a lot more enjoyable for the parents, isn't it? And a lot yeah, less stressful completely. and anxiety provoking. So completely. I love that. Now we've spoken a little bit about the term weaning, Charlotte, but just so that we're all kind of really clear, what
0: exactly is weaning for anyone listening? Thinking we're talking a completely different language. Absolutely. So, yeah, do you know what? A a few years ago, the NHS tried to kind of get rid of the term weaning and call it kind of introducing solid foods um, or complementary feeding. But um, the term weaning is very ingrained, I think, now around food and offering food. But we're not talking about weaning baby off of milk or off Mm. of the breast initially. What we're talking about is weaning babies onto solid foods which is a gradual process which gets our little ones used to a variety of foods until they are on what we have as an which is an adult diet so it's a gradual process of introducing your little one to the tastes and flavors of foods that we eat nice and slowly and gradually so that they then can eat what we you know almost kind of see as an adult based diet
1: yeah that's super super helpful i think and i like the fact that you say you know about the milk because we know that their milk is still going to perform a huge part of their diet to start with because they yeah. just don't really eat that much they throw it all yeah. around which is great fun yeah exactly and <laughs> and there's not a massive the nutrition elements.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, certainly at the beginning, the milk still is very important. And as as baby starts to get more familiar with and eating a bit more food, um, then you'll find that their milk intake would hopefully nice and gradually start to decline. So rather than it being like, boom, food's here, out with the milk, it's a really gradual process. And a lot of that process is following baby's lead and following you know what baby is suggesting they want and how they're growing and how they're developing. So it's not clear cut and it's different for all children but yeah it's an experiment it's exploring um it's getting them familiar with and some babies take to it really quickly and go oh my goodness give me that food gobble 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 and other babies are a bit like I'm not sure about this just give me some time Mm. (laughs) and most of the time they do get there if if we can you know handle it well but that that is definitely how I've, I've kind of seen it happen And I guess if
1: we're honest, we're kind of like that as adults as well, aren't we? Like as adults, we will have completely different appetites. And one day
0: we might fancy certain food more than another. And they're only mini versions of us, aren't they, at the end of the day? Exactly. And they also can't communicate that. So I I do try and say this as well. I do lots of weaning webinars and I do fast eating workshops. And um, I try and say, again, like put yourself into their shoes. If you didn't, if you didn't fancy soup one day and someone popped a bowl of soup in front of you and you're like, oh, you could say, oh, I really don't fancy soup. Mm. You know, or you could choose what you were going to have, whereas a baby doesn't have that. So if you pop something in front of them and they weren't expecting it or they just think, I really don't fancy a bowl of hot soup or, you know, the other way around. Maybe there's loads of finger foods and they're like, I'm really tired. I haven't got the energy to feed myself this this well today. Um, they all they can do is go, no, turn their head, push the bowl away, cry. That's their communicating mm-hmm. with you that right then, right now, they just don't want that
1: yeah no that's that's really good advice that is that taking a step back isn't it as a parent it's always really useful because you're so emotionally involved in everything that's happening actually taking a breath is is really great advice now over the years and we kind of just alluded to it with even the term weaning and how that's kind of changed Mm -hmm. and gone to and from but I think the advice on weaning's definitely changed as well certainly my mum's very helpful um, advice that she's giving me is massively outdated. <laughs> and that's only one generation, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. So what what is the current advice as to sort of when we should think about starting weaning with our babies?
0: Yeah, I think this causes so much confusion. And, you know, when I started my career, it was slightly different and then it changed and then it sort of, you know, I would say that what, what I've noticed happened in my career around this is that we started off with kind of like recommending more like four to six months. And then when I was, you know, heavily working for the NHS, we did start to say, right, well, it's got to be more like six months of age, kind of on the dot. Um, latest guidance, which has come out, you know, a good few years ago now, we try to talk about um when we we talk very much about around six months. So we acknowledge the fact that six months is probably a good age for most babies to be ready for their solid foods. But that doesn't mean that every single baby is going to reach that milestone at exactly the same time, because let's be honest, none of them walk and talk and crawl and roll over on exactly the same kind of birthday. And it's the same with weaning. There are going to be signs that they are ready or signs that they are, you know, nearing that readiness. Um, but, you know, the ideal is around six months, so close to six months. We're not talking about starting super early or we're not talking about starting at four months or even before four months unless you're you know, a healthcare professional has been recommending you to do that for specific reasons. Um, but what we want to do is look out for signs of readiness. And these include, number one, that baby should be able to sit up, hold their head and neck steady. They should be able to see food. They should be able to pick it up and bring it to their mouths by themselves. And number three, ideally, they should be able to swallow food. So a baby who's not ready will have quite a strong tongue thrust reflex. So if you put your finger on their bottom lip, and their tongue comes out as, a, as an instant reaction, um, and you see them doing that, you know, when they're putting things in their mouth or when you start foods, it might mean that less food gets swallowed and more is pushed out, and it might mean that they're not quite ready. Um, so those are the kind of three main signs to be looking out for, ideally, and you want to be looking out for multiple signs happening on multiple occasions and as close to six months as you can. So, um, yeah, that's kind of current advice, which seems a bit... Um, seems maybe a bit complicated but it really isn't it's just trying to check those signs that your baby is actually developmentally ready rather than giving a you know very definite age if that makes sense
1: definitely no I think that's really nice and clear and actually quite quite nice simple steps as you approach six Mm -hmm. months looking out for those three things yeah and then maybe starting to explore it when it's right for for you and your little one exactly now We hear lots about these two terms, Charlotte, and I know these absolutely got me in a complete like Google, Wikipedia rabbit hole when I started, started exploring weaning. So we hear about baby led weaning and then we hear about sort of spoon fed or see people spoon feeding their baby. What on earth does it all mean? And is there a best way to wean your baby? Can we do a bit of both or or what should, what should we do, Charlotte? <laughs> We're just taking a quick pause from this episode so that I can share with you a brand that I know you're going to love as much as I do. My little Finlay is growing up fast and is almost on the move, which means it's now time to start making our home safe for him. Did you know that every single week, at least one child under five years of age dies in an accident? 75% of which happen in their own home. I think this is terrifying and this is why the team at Cheeky Rascals offer a variety of products that not only help make parents lives easier but are also the safest on the market including brands like Love to Dream, Rocket and the Fred Baby Proofing Safety Range which has everything you need to keep your little ones safe and your mind at ease. I want to support you to make your home safer for your little one and prevent them coming to any harm. So Cheeky Rascals are sponsoring this podcast and offering you 15% of Fred safety products using the
0: code MIDWIFEPIP15. Good question. So, yeah, <laughs> parents get so confused by this. And I really, you know, again, another part of my aim in the work I do is to try and just help parents to realize that it doesn't have to be black and white there is no boom that's the way but you know all of this is about experimenting. It's about journey. It's about learning you as well as your baby. And um, so, you know, anyone who tells you, you have to do something this way. I mean, it just, it's just not how the world works, you know. So baby led weaning became very popular. And actually it became quite popular after, in in the UK after I um had finished my work in the NHS. So prior to that, we very much talked about um pure, you know, purees and, and starting with purees. And then a little bit later, Um, introducing those finger foods to baby. Then baby-led weaning became super popular and it was kind of, there was almost a you have to take this approach or the other approach. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I started working with Joe on his weaning 15 campaign and the whole book around that. And I remember, you know, we would, we were talking about, you know, how he was going to start. And he got so many messages from people saying the only way you can do it is, is by introducing just pieces of food, like baby led weaning. So little pieces of food, letting baby help themselves and feed themselves. Um, and when we started, cause I'm a bit of a fan, there is some benefits to baby led weaning, um, you know, things like teaching babies to self-feed and things like helping them to learn how to bite and chew pieces of food. But you can also have that in combination with learning how to take food off of a spoon, learning how to self-feed with a spoon, learning how to curl your lip and clear the spoon. So Mm. all of these are kind of, you know, really positive developmental things that babies can learn. So there's no reason why you can't marry those two approaches and say, I'm going to go with what me and my baby Seem to like best. So, we're going to experiment with both. We're going to see how it goes. We're going to carry on trying, but we're just going to kind of follow baby's lead. And when Joe started, I said to him very much, you know, let's do best of both approach because there's lots of people out there saying this is the way. There's lots of people who are scared out there who are saying, no, 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 I'm only going with purees. Let's show them how actually both. And you know what? He got so many messages from people saying, oh my gosh, you can't do both. You're going to cause your children to choke. And it's like, well, actually no <laughs> the best of both is there's no reason why you can't do the best mm-hmm. of both and some babies really take to finger foods and absolutely right from the start are self-feeders whereas other babies are maybe a bit slower and they want to be given that spoon and they want to um you know have some food off of a spoon to start with to help them get mm. used to flavors and variety before they start you know you know kind of being encouraged to to self-feed so again following baby's journey but no black or white I hope that kind of answered the question and made sense with regards to the two different options
1: <laughs> oh definitely Charlotte and actually when I was looking at your book and making sure I had those the first 10 days those vegetables they're yeah. on my shopping list for um, I for this week but actually I love the way you were like okay so you know a potato I couldn't figure out how I could do potato finger food style but actually, you just make it really simple. And, and I like the fact that you sort of suggest giving some, for example, sticks of potato along with some like mashed or puree potato. So they're experimenting with it in two different ways. Yeah. And I think I know we said like we want to make it really fun and we want to encourage them to play with their food. But it is also quite handy if we get some nutrition in them, isn't it? I think that's yeah, where exactly. spoon feeding can yeah. be a little bit helpful.
0: Definitely. I mean, I would say in that first week or so, you know, those first 10 days, they really are experimentation. Okay. And we, and we don't worry, you know, sometimes parents come to me and say, they've got nothing in. So I'm going to do the 10 days again. And I'm like, no, 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 don't, you know, let them play, let them explore but move them forward. If they're ready for weaning, you don't need to keep doing it until you feel like, yeah, they've got it now. Um, You know, so move forward with it. But you know, those first 10 days are really experimenting. But thereafter, and again, in my book on day 11, I start to build in iron rich foods, or I think it's day 12. Actually, I start to build in iron rich foods, because that's actually is important for us to start getting iron rich foods into baby's diet. So um, yeah, I mean, you know, it all—it it is still about going at baby's pace. And it is about kind of exploring and letting them have fun with it. But yeah, one of the reasons why I wrote it in that detail in my book was because even though to some people, it might be like, well, it's really obvious, like you boil a potato, you mash some of it, you leave some of it as a stick. But how long do I boil it for? Like how, how, what kind of size and shape should I be cooking it? And it might seem like obvious questions to some people, but actually when you're a new mum and you're very, very tired and everything is new and you are literally learning the ropes as you go along, it can be quite terrifying. And all of a sudden, boom, we've got to start giving them food what do I even do, you know? And that is exactly why I've, I've kind of tried to break it down. So, you know, how long to boil the potato for? What should it look like? You know, I've got images of finger food squished so that you can actually see the kind of texture in the book. Um, and then, you know, yeah, how to then make that into a puree that's like also appropriate for baby to have alongside. So yeah, that's, I'm glad that you found that helpful because that was exactly what I wanted to do. Just take the pressure and take the stress off of parents who've already got enough on their plates.
1: Oh, I absolutely found that so, so helpful and I also found it really interesting um, because I think when we when we see it when we think about pureed baby food and my husband was a classic he was like can't wait to give a mashed banana and my mum was like oh you know you need to puree apple and all this kind of stuff um, and that is what I think we often think of is mashed banana when we think about weaning a baby but your yeah. approach is very
0: much getting those bitter vegetable tastes in first why is that Charlotte? yeah so not necessarily bitter but basically babies are born with a preference for sweeter <sighs> foods so if we give them something sweet like <gasps> apple pet off oh, that sneezes too yeah.
1: apologies <laughs> Finley's Finley's really enjoying listening because he loves oh, his food so he's like he oh yeah give me it, all Sarah. of that <laughs>
0: <laughs> um so yeah when when ba- if you give babies you know apple and pear and banana it's absolutely fine to do so if you want to there's no problem with it however they are going to readily accept those because they already have a preference for sweet foods so those foods are likely to get gobbled up However, when you then try and introduce something like broccoli or something savory or even something more neutral, they're more likely to be, you know, no, not sure about this. Give me that sweet stuff that I really enjoyed and that I'm kind of born to prefer. So actually weaning is about experimenting with the new and there is research that shows that introducing savoury and bitter veggies for those first tastes of weaning can actually increase the acceptance and the liking of those later on and sometimes that's what we often struggle to get little ones to eat is the vegetables because they are much more preferring the sweeter options or um, you know sometimes like the carbohydrate options are, are more preferred by little ones so experimenting with a variety of flavours from a young age can help to develop their palate help them to be get used to a much wider variety of tastes that they don't already easily accept so it's playing and experimenting with the new it's trying new tastes and it's trying to develop their familiarity and therefore acceptance with much wider array of tastes including those bitter and savory ones that are a little bit less well accepted does that yeah i love no that makes perfect and i hadn't i genuinely just hadn't thought about
1: it Mm. until i read that in your book and i was like well of course that makes sense if all i ever got to eat was chocolate i'd be like lovely thanks very much yeah Um, and then if you suddenly gave me some broccoli i'd be like what is that in comparison so actually it makes perfect perfect sense um in the way they develop and we all we all want children that are confident eaters that Mm. are happy to eat whatever we're eating don't we we none of us want to sort of have babies where mealtime is a constant battle I know that's one of yeah. our massive fears with with weaning yeah. so actually Absolutely. yeah the way you start approaching it i think yeah it makes perfect sense building those foundations mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it is like I say, it's not that it's not black or white. It's not like this is the only way or if you do this, your child will 100 percent be a really great eater Mm -hmm. because there's loads of other factors involved, loads. But this is one way that you can help, as I say, to build their familiarity with a much wider variety and get those bitter notes and those other flavors starting to become more familiar and more normal for them so that they are more likely to accept them so you know I I never kind of promise like this is it this is all you need to do because as you know with everything there's so many factors it's so complicated um but there is research that shows that this absolutely can help so it's a step in the right direction basically
1: absolutely and no one likes change do they so and then weaning is a massive change for babies so I think the way we we approach it is, is so important now when we we sort of make about some of the foods to think about but when like how often should we start so say like tomorrow we decide right we're going to start our our weaning journey we're we're about six months do you offer like a meal are you going like breakfast lunch and dinner with me how do we kind of navigate that sort of first day or that first week
0: so yes, yeah, always really important to start with just one meal at a time. And the reason for that is because, you know, this is quite a big deal on babies' digestive system. And some babies can start to poo a lot as a result. And some babies can actually start to, you know, poo much less and um potentially become a little bit constipated when they start solids foods. Because their digestive system is just going, whoa, hold on a minute, all I've had is milk. And all of a sudden, I'm being introduced to totally new foods. So that can be really normal. um But if we are to go in there with... Three meals a day that's going to be quite a lot and it's also going to impact their milk intakes because if they're eating three foods a day that's going to drive their milk intake down potentially quite quickly so that's why we want that gradual start it's a nice gentle introduction let's have one meal let's wait for my little one to kind of have experimented quite a bit with this got used to it and then try something new um you know so it's it's just that kind of nice gradual introduction so one meal a day and in terms of the timing it really is about what works for you and your family you know find a time of day when your baby is the most calm when you're calm when there's little distractions where you're not in a rush where you don't um you know where you you can maybe baby wakes up from nap and they're nice and happy and you can give them some lunch with um you know that you've prepped while they're sleeping for example just that kind of calmness is really important i think so they're not too full not too hungry Um, you know, not too sleepy, uh, you know, all of that stuff um, can really help. But breakfast and lunch is usually a a decent meal to start with.
1: Yeah, that's that's really helpful. And just I'm just thinking back to kind of perhaps pre-weaning. So maybe that like four to five month sort of period. Um, mm. And a couple of things I did, Charlotte, by accident, but actually I'm wondering whether they were probably quite helpful preparation, was when I was making dinner in the evening, I just popped him in his high chair in the kitchen with me because mm. it was just convenient, because it meant mm. I could eat, eat, cook dinner and he was there. And then he started just sitting at the table with us, just in his high chair, holding mm. his spoon and playing with some toys. Mm. But just in terms of getting babies ready and sitting in their high chair and used mm. to the table environment, is that a sensible approach to take or was I just like...
0: no definitely I actually was writing about this this morning before I came on this podcast Ah. for a newspaper but yeah absolutely bring them to the table as early as you can you know there's some of the chairs they do like baby sets so you can have baby Mm. um you know even laying at the table with you in a in a kind of bouncer style thing so the more that you can get them used to that environment where we're eating together and that food is important and that we take time out for this because this is an important part of our day um and the more they can see you experimenting with a variety of food and learn from watching you bite and chew and swallow and use cutlery and Mm. drink from open cups they'll learn they'll be learning the whole time so yeah involve them in those meal times even from early on um it's really important and you know i think it all just helps to add to that kind of excitement for them of eating is an important special thing rather than you know one thing i often say again to parents is Imagine if you never eat in front of your baby, if they never get to see you eating um, and you're sitting at the table with them and you're getting them to eat, but you're not eating they're never going to see why, why should I be doing this? You're not doing it. So mm. so why am I doing it? So I think sometimes feeding ourselves in front of them can be so key. And that's even, you know, if you've got a little one who's a fussy eater massively helps, but if you're at the start of your weaning journey again, massively helps too, because they'll just see you, they'll observe you eating and they'll be like, Oh yeah. And I can't tell you the number of times of both my kids. I do things like, um, 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 and I just watch them go, you know they emulate oh. those movements <laughs> and that copying and it's just such a lovely part of it so yeah um they're I such little
1: sponges aren't they like you're I'm their role much. model like they look up to everything you do so it makes sense that actually if you're sat at the table
0: eating with them they're like oh what's mum and dad doing Absolutely, your parent and carer is I think I'll do that as well exactly it's su- such an important element of their learning and they're wanting to eat so yeah the more you can do that that's brilliant so you've done a great job there
1: <laughs> fingers crossed it helps although finley's so big charlotte that everyone's like i'm sure he's just going to eat everything <laughs> oh
0: well you never know that you know they're always so different and they're pretty good at regulating their own appetites mm. as well so definitely we you just mentioned briefly then drinking and
1: then watching you drink from an open yeah. cup and um, when can babies start drinking water and what kind of
0: cup should
1: we introduce it with ideally
0: Okay. So very generally around six months, um, around the time of starting weaning is when we'd normally introduce water as well. Um, However, I often say to parents, like if you're, if you know, there's a lot going on for baby in that first week of weaning. So if you want to, you can leave it a little bit later until your baby started to get used to the i think i found that with my daughter it was just too much giving her Mm. food and spoon and bowl and finger food and water you know it was just it was too much so i Mm. left that maybe 10 days later or so um However, from around six months, it's a good idea to give them sips of water with meal from an open cup. And the reason for this is because it allows them to get used to learning how to sip from an open cup rather than sucking from the breast or bottle. So it's basically teaching them skills, developing their oral motor skills, helping them learn to you know, take take water and not spill it. So all you need is a really a nice little baby cup and a little bit of water in it and just get them experimenting. But the, the, the key way is really, as we said, showing them. So even if you're using their cup yourself to show them how to drink it and then supporting them yourself by holding the cup for them and, and letting them, then eventually they'll get there. And there's no pressure with it because really, right up until 12 months of age, they only need sips of water with meal because, um you know, it's not really about getting the fluid in. They'll be getting plenty of fluid from the purees, from the food they're eating and also from breast or formula milk. So, um yeah you don't you don't need to kind of pressure it or worry about how much they're getting it's only really after one that you want them to start drinking slightly more you know adequate amounts um uh, yeah of of water that's really useful actually
1: Charlotte because I think when we see I think just generally when we see it maybe again this is a generational change babies drinking we always see like a sippy cup or a cup with a straw don't we but actually Mm. you you would advise just using a an open cup and I suppose if you're not putting pressure on yourself but they need to get loads of that fluid in like you say with all of weaning then actually that feels much more
0: comfortable doesn't it then well they're just going to spill it everywhere so they're not going to get anything in so I must use something else. Exactly. And that is part of it. That's exactly part of it. You know, they are going to spill it. It is going to go over. (laughs) And that's why just a small amount of water and allow them to play an experiment and work out that cup. Um, Because, yeah, this isn't about getting them to guzzle loads of water. Mm. And then hopefully by the time they are one, they should be pretty good at using and manipulating that cup themselves. So you will find less spills, um, you know, Quite often, babies still like to experiment with pouring the whole of their drink in their food. <laughs> and there are other other cups that you can use then. But ultimately, this is about teaching them the skills of learning to drink from an open cup. So once they've mastered that skill, it's OK to offer other, other cups. But I would definitely stick to like the majority of the drinks that your little one's having coming from an open cup and using others for just on the go. So some of those kind of yeah. like uh, non-valved, strawed, weighted cups can be really helpful for them on the go.
1: No, that's, that's super, super handy, I think, because I feel like that's a bit of a myth to bust. So that's, mm. And actually, when you think about the mess with water in an open cup and weaning, a little bit of water is literally the least of your worries. Exactly. <laughs> so true. Oh so amazing. So, Charlotte, I mean, you've helped, I think, definitely me and I'm sure all of our listeners sort of with their planning and and I think just our whole mindset around weaning and hopefully approaching it feeling kind of excited and embracing the opportunity rather than oh my gosh this whole new phase this pressure Mm. um, which is amazing and as I said I'm currently loving your book and actually I've chosen just to read it in a stage so I've just read like that first 10 day stage And I thought once I'm halfway through that, I'll read the next stage again, just Mm. so it doesn't feel too
0: overwhelming. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Because, yeah, you know, you're the next bit. You know, you're not going to need the ingredients and the foods and to work out how to do Mm. that next bit um, until you've kind of, you know, done those first 10 days. And then honestly, each stage will just build your confidence like, I know how to do this now I know how you know how soft to make their broccoli I know um you know what they like I've I've, I know what they like and what they've tried and what they haven't tried and I know what I want to try again so and then you can start getting more confident and more experimental so you don't have to follow the recipes you know step by step so that's you know that's exactly it so give yourself that confidence and um and move forward at, at your own pace and your baby's own pace too. Definitely. Charlotte, I completely adore your ethos of helping your baby love their broccoli as much as their
1: cake. And that just just really resonates with me. I think it's fantastic and probably something we all need as adults as well, to be honest. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I wonder whether I always ask for three top tips. So at the end Mm -hmm. of a uh, podcast episode, so I wonder if you could share your three top tips for
0: parents who are either in or approaching the weaning stage. Mm -hmm. Okay, so first of all, I would say what we've already covered in this, you know, which is try and make it enjoyable for baby. You know, if your baby enjoys meal times and being part of the food and the environment, it's going to make the whole journey for them so much easier but also mm. for you, so massively massively massively. Try and make it enjoyable. Number two, I would say take the pressure off. The more that we pressure children of any age to eat up, um the less likely they are to do it and the more that that's going to create that negative and less enjoyable environment. So try to think about this is a journey, it's about experimentation, let them be the leaders, let them guide the journey, and try and take the pressure to get them to eat off as much mm-hmm. as we can. Um, and number three, I think, um, uh, yeah, I, again, we kind of touched on this here, uh, you know, during this this podcast, but I think number three, I would say is, is role model. You know, you are your little ones role model. So if you're wanting them to learn to eat well, if you're wanting them to learn um, how to bite, how to chew, how to swallow, just think they're going to learn it from me. So number three is be the role model, because if you want them to do all these things, if you want it to go you know, smoother, I, I so often have parents say to me, how do I teach them to use cutlery? And again, role yeah. modeling, you know, mm-hmm. there's lots of other elements to it, but that's a really, really key stage. So make, make it enjoyable for them. Take that pressure off you and them. And number three, role model, because they will learn so much from watching you.
1: Oh, Charlotte, thank you. That's so helpful. And I think you can probably hear that Finley
0: is also very excited for this as well. He's like, yeah. let, let me add the broccoli and the cake yeah. all at once, please. Oh, bless him. He's such a good boy. I can't believe how quiet, you know, not, you know, not the non-quiet baby is not good, but I just can't believe how content he is just sat there watching us, speaking into the microphone. He's just brilliant to watch. Oh, you wait till two in the morning, then he's not so content. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Charlotte, thank you so much. It's been brilliant to chat with you you. thank you for having me on i loved it and that's it for another episode i hope you enjoyed listening remember you can use your exclusive discount code podcast 15 on all my online courses and why not check out my free mini course while you're there too if you enjoyed listening to this episode remember to hit subscribes so you're the first to hear about all the upcoming chats too And I'd be immensely grateful if you could take a couple of minutes to leave me a quick podcast review, too. I look forward to speaking to you again very soon.